Hello and welcome to the Metapod, the Pokemon podcast, the Pokemon trading, this is actually our second time doing the intro. I got it, I promise you, I got it right the first time, and then Sean was like, wait a minute, my mic's not on, and yep. <laughs> so blame Sean, blame Sean. Yeah. This is the this is the week that we blame Sean. Sean, I, how are you doing today? I'm good. I can vouch for Jake. Jake did it perfectly on the first take. He was, you know, did you do you know there's a Frank Sinatra quote? He was one tank, one take Frank. He would Wait, do no, I yeah, I did just, not know that. This was a thing. Frank Sinatra. He only he would always do things in in one take, the first take, and that was. Now I don't know how true that is, but my film students out there uh, listening uh, can back me up. I believe that is the at least the the urban myth of him so yeah. we're going to talk about a lot of things today and you're probably going to learn a lot of things but if there's one thing you need to take away it's that i am basically the reincarnation of frank sinatra i mean that's not well yeah it's probably fine there's probably not anything problematic about <laughs> frank sinatra right anyway I, I mean really i i i i don't know i'm gonna be honest with you but anyways we're gonna have a good time on this pod we got a lot of stuff to talk about not only about fusion strike but also some brilliant star stuff we're gonna touch on the cards of fusion strike the some decks the meta also maybe uh, a lot of the cards i guess is a way to put it but first before anything sean before any of that stuff, we got to talk about our wonderful five-star reviews that we have gotten on this Metapod. 65 ratings now through the Metapod. Thank you all so much. If you like the podcast, leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes. Spotify, you're out of luck. You just, just wave high at us on Twitter <laughs> at Metapod TCG. And if you're on YouTube, go ahead and leave a nice little comment as well. It helps out with the algorithm. But... It's my turn to read it this week, Sean. Yes, it is. From All In 001, great PTCG podcast, five stars. Just got back into the game, and this is the place to get your competitive and Pokemon trading card game news. Sean and Jake make for easily listening with buttery smooth radio voices. Sean, mm -hmm. we're buttery smooth. I can't believe it's not buttery smooth. Oh, that was there a good go. one. Oh, just, my goodness. <laughs> um, speaking of buttery smooth voices, by the way, super random. I saw Hades Town this weekend. I don't know if you've ever listened to the, but boy, howdy, the guy who plays Hades voice. It's so deep. It's anyway, look it up on YouTube. It's absurd. I, I mean, is it as wonderful as mine? Is uh, it better? No, it's Be just different. It's just different. It's just very, very deep. That was the correct answer, Sean. Now I don't have to look for another host. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyways, thank you so much again for the five star review. But you know what is not five stars, Sean? What? I would say Fusion Strike. So Sean wanted to talk about Fusion Strike today. For those of you that don't remember, we did review Fusion Strike cards before the set released last week. If you want to go check that out, it's the biggest set of all time 284 cards. It's actually massive and with 284 cards there's a lot of things that go into it and a lot of things that happen as a result of that so sean take it away on the topic of fusion strike yeah i mean so for me the reason i wanted to do this early like segment was a it's a slow news week and b i think a lot of people have had the sentiment that this set has is kind of uh 
a flop as a whole, right? As an entire set. Um, that's not to say there's not amazing cards in it, right? Like there's obviously the alt art Mew VMAX, the alt art Gengar VMAX, the alt art Umbreon VMAX. Like Pokemon is hitting it out of the park with select like individual cards, but at 284 cards, there's just a lot of chaff in the set. And I think what makes this set particularly challenging is a lot of the chaff fills the um, those ultra rare slots, um, which what which what what I mean by that is V's especially, because this set if you have opened any fusion strike you've probably pulled a number of these cards. This set has a lot of the um, what was it the sword and shield one hundred the one hundred yeah it was deck. like the hundred theme deck special that they had where they yeah. we, it was basically like a lottery we covered it on the Metapod at some point where. You would buy a package, and it would be one out of 100 theme decks. Yeah, and we said, I hope, we, we at the time, we were like, I hope this product comes to America, because, like, the idea of doing a sealed, like, a blind-sealed tournament where everybody gets a different deck and you don't know what you're going to get, like, conceptually, that's a cool concept. And 100, that's a lot to choose from. But instead, they just have crammed a lot of those Vs and in, into Fusion Strike, and I'm assuming... There's more that need to come out in other sets. So it's just, it's so, it's so many Vs. And the reason I wanted to cover this topic is I actually saw a tweet from Rare Candy. Um, I'm going to pull the tweet up here, but shout out to Eric from Rare Candy. Been making great uh, Pokemon content for many, many years now. Uh, but he, he said that this Fusion Strike is the first set I've opened up a case of and not gotten play sets of certain cards. He said he's not salty about it, but it's just another reason why a set should never be larger than 200 cards. Jake, how are you feeling about uh, the sentiment that's been floating around? I don't consider... I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Fusion Strike being super big, right? Mm. But if you think about this from a player's perspective, which is probably what Eric or whoever tweeted from Rand Candy is thinking, yes, Fusion Strike is not great from a player perspective right obviously you want play sets of your cross switchers cramomatics even like quick balls because there's quick ball reprint in this yeah, set cool like one. you want to be able to get play sets of like all your trainers ideally i mean i can usually like open up a booster box and i can get at least two of most trainers from a booster box opening but i think also you have to factor in that these sets are not made like for players like i think pokemon gives the idea with these like booster boxes or these sets that players aren't necessarily going to open up boxes they're not going to open up cases they're not really going to open up packs right they they want things to be playable sure which is why they print cards like mu v max genesect v max because they want cards in every set to be good engaging entertaining right but i don't think they like when they make these really big sets like as a collector awesome I actually love that as a collector because there's way more cards to get. There's way less of a chance I'm going to pull a double, right? I mean, what's worse, getting a 284 set and maybe pulling a Dodrio V, Greninja V, a Pikachu V? Uh, what's another like pointless V that's in the set? <laughs> I, I I don't. There's too many to name. I don't know. Let's genuinely. just say let's just say Bolton V and Chandler V, sure. for example, right? That's five different cards that i could get as a collector from packs that i open from like a booster box or something 
Think about a different set, maybe, I don't know, like Unified Minds, let's just say, for example. I don't know if that's a small set, whatever. You are way more likely in a smaller set to get those doubles, you know, two Mewtwo and Mew GXs, right? And so as a collector from that perspective, I don't need more than one card of that for most people. So like, yes, Fusion Strike sucks from a player's perspective. Uh, there's so much if you want to open the set but from a collector like it makes sense like you these that's why they make these big sets like the player market is so small and it's such a minute amount compared to all the people that collect pokemon cards hmm. that they'll just print pokemon cards they'll print those pokemon cards and that's all they'll think about they won't really gear the sets in terms of the some of those things from a playing perspective now you get like the arena battle decks and and like some of the boxes that have the cool promos you know that are yeah. really good that do give like player perspective but i don't think booster boxes or anything like that are ever meant for players as that's that's huh. my opinion but i mean you spend your money however you want you want to open a case go ahead open a case you know you you financially responsible all that stuff but i i just don't I don't like fully like, does that make sense? Does that thought make sense that um, I had? Yeah. I mean, that thought, I think I didn't think about it from a pure collector because you're right. If you are a pure collector and you're in your purpose is pulling complete sets or even master sets, which would include for those of you who don't know, um, reverse hollows, which uh, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be like a master set or no. but you just don't want doubles. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, if it's a really good card, you're happy with a double. Like, if I got oh, two I mean, Charizards, I would say that the average collector, you know, like yeah. a six-year-old kid probably doesn't want a bunch doubles, of the right? Same if they card. pull two Dodrio Vs, they're going to be mad. You know, they want to pull the Greninja, the the Pikachu, the Chandelure with that and whatever. Yeah, no, that is true. And and I will say, like, I also have the, um, so the Pokedads opened up about 4,000 packs, apparently. And they have all this great data. Um, shout out to another podcast there, the Pokedads. Um and the hit rates in general, and by hit, again, I mean not just like a hollow rare, but like Vs are higher. So Vs, alt arts, full art trainers, rainbow rares, goldens, like all of that is a hit. It's about one in five. Um, a hit rate of one in five is about average from what we've seen all the way, like since we've been playing. Like, you know, sometimes you get one in four. You, you can get better or worse boxes, but an average of one of five is about average. So, yeah. There's not actually fewer hits. It's just, and from a collector standpoint, you will have a higher, a lower likelihood of getting the same card twice. So that's true. That is very true. Um, yeah, I think that's just what it's geared towards. So I think people need to, I think when people complain, complain about the set being too big, I think they need to think about it from that perspective that like we are the minority. You know, that we are true. a huge we as the player base are a huge, huge, huge minority. But I will say that opening a case and not getting play sets of like Cramomatic and stuff, that is kind of like that is kind of a yikes. I, I'm so, I'm sure he got a play set of Cramomatic. I think what he probably means is like the V maxes and V lines. Well, I mean, yeah, like but I, <laughs> I do agree that that might be that might be a little bit yikes. I mean, V maxes yeah. might be a little bit tougher to do. That's but like it, even like a V. Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing, right? Like if I think back to when you and I got into it, Unbroken Bonds era, team up, basically the end of the GX, the tag team era, which has a lot of its own issues. 
the idea of big basics is a problem in its own right. Um, but you could open up, like I would open, I would have opened up back in the day, like three to five boxes at a time for sets. And I found that when I walked away after those boxes, I almost in, in invariably had a playset of every GX. And thus that meant I had a playset of, I could build any deck in the format with just four to five boxes roughly. Um, so, but the, the difference here is not only are there more V's and, and V max, there's more cards to fill the same slot. Um, there are, there's the mechanic of evolving an ultra rare into an ultra rare, which means that you need to not only get four of like the Gengar V or the Mew V, you have to get four of the V max that corresponds with it. And that, that I think is what makes this really difficult for players, you know, going like focusing only on players for a second like that's what makes it more more difficult and i think what has made me at least stray away in the sword and shield era from opening up boxes is just because like i do want to play and the last thing i need is a bunch of dodrio v's <laughs> so but i agree yeah um yeah it's just it's super interesting and i think the reason i wanted to bring this up and say that like you know I think this is it, it might become a bigger problem for Pokemon moving forward is another product they announced. So I'm like kind of tying in this discussion with like product news um, is the changes that are coming to build and battle boxes. Jake, do you want to explain to folks out there what these are? So build and battle boxes for anyone who doesn't know, basically pre-release kits in the past. They've come with this formula of promo evolution kit bunch of energies and like is it three or four packs uh four is it four four they are now changing it up battle boxes are changing this is from pokebeach.com they currently come with what i mentioned they got word that they will instead of the booster packs pre-release promos evolution pack it comes with a 40 card deck with ready to play cards so it's basically like buying a theme deck for a pre-release format per se for anyone who doesn't know pre-release formats are 40 card decks yeah i believe so this holds up in that format it'd still be kind of the same rules but it comes with that there's no additional details more on the decks but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, do they I don't think they'll have like packs in them. It says on the Poke Beach website that you'll still get additional packs as entry prizes, you know, like you usually would the three packs. But there's are there any yeah. in the deck? Yeah, yeah they come. They, they still come with four booster packs. The same. Oh, OK, so the, the main difference is we're moving from a 23 card prebuilt thing to a 40 card prebuilt. Um, which like, you know, purely from like, a, a numbers, 23 to 40 is not actually a, a large pure numbers perspective, but mm -hmm. like percentage wise, they're basically doubling the size of the, the pre-built. Right. And I think that what that says to me is that Pokemon has realized that the sets are so large that 23 card evolution packs, and then whatever you pull in your four packs, what you pull in your four packs will almost never have a major a significant impact on your evolution kits like before again in the gx era where you could have pulled a basic gx whether that was 
what you know, a tag team or not, but where you could have pulled a basic GX that was playable on its own and, and could do well. Now, like most of the Vs are not particularly playable. Like you would just choose not to play most of them. Um, and the odds of you pulling the V and the V Max in the same four packs is almost impossible. So that's them realizing that, oh, actually, if we want pre-release events to be something people enjoy and there's actually some variation, we need to include more cards that are in the pre-built so that people can make more changes to them. So basically, like you can make two 23-card packs and you could pick a completely different line. Um, I, I don't know, Jake, you've been to pre-releases. So like, do you find that they have changed like over the last year or two? The problem that I have with pre-releases sometimes is one, I'm probably usually just there for the packs, right? Fair. Like, I mean, the tournament is fun. It's cool. But everybody who's done a pre-release has probably had some of those games where you start a basic Pokemon and you're just draw, attach, pass, and you're not doing anything. So I feel like with 40 card pre-built decks, I feel like you're going to see a lot more consistent pre-release decks i would say because like with 23 sure like you get you get some of those trainers you get the evolution line and whatever and then you build whatever with the packs but with 40 i feel like they're going to be built more for consistency so you have more fun you know you have a more cohesive deck because let's be honest if your deck functions the game is inherently more fun and it's even more fun as well if your opponent's deck functions right so you can have like an actual game and not a one-sided game like how a lot of pre-release tournament games are sometimes sometimes it's just the luck of the draw i feel like that's what half of pre-release battles go into so i kind of like this i kind of like this style i do agree with what you're saying though about how sets are being so big that you know now you have 40 40 card decks to be able to switch things around and maybe change it to how you like, especially with your packs that you get in the kit. But I mean, overall, I don't mind this. I don't, I don't mind this. I kind of like this a lot. I would agree. I think, you know, the more we talk about, it, I think it's an admission from the Pokemon company. Originally the four packs were like, Oh, you'll start with this thing. And then whatever you get in your packs, you can add to it. And that'll make your deck unique or, or whatever. But in reality, especially trainers, I didn't even think about that. Like, other than Marnie and research, like most trainers that are coming out in a lot of these new sets are either very specific. I'm talking about like the the like the evolution badges. Like, if you pull that, but you know, it's like what this is a, a, a literal useless card I pulled in the uncommon slot. Yeah. So like, yeah, they are now hopefully making it more fun to actually play in the games because. Having played in a few recent pre-releases through um, a local uh, store, yeah, it just feels like, you know, if you're if you open with any sort of draw power, you just win because like you get a, a little head of steam going, and then your opponent just every time they go up to bat, their a Pokemon dies, and they're like, okay, well, I guess I lose. <laughs> I think also like having more cards come to you in an evolution kit and making these decks more consistent. I think also inherently that makes it so like if your opponent like pulls a like a ultra rare or something like that, you know, things that are kind of pretty much broken in pre-release format. I think that helps stop that. I think that like nerfs it a little bit, hmm. like pulling those these are ultra rares. I, I personally feel like I mean, I have no data 
at all to like test this but i have a feeling that like if you're making all of the decks more consistent and being able to have a shot mm -hmm. you know and be able to function a lot better then inherently the people that pull like a dodrio v or whatever i keep saying dodrio yeah. v <laughs> that's the like number one v card that comes to my mind right now for some odd reason probably because it's so obscure and when i first saw it i didn't believe it at first but anyways like if your opponent pulls that you know the card's not as broken yeah. in a sense because your deck can function better your deck can go more consistently and maybe you can get those stage twos out faster that can put out that kind of damage to battle with yeah. those v's that your opponent pulls so i mean i like this as a i like this as a whole again i have no data about this we'll see in brilliant star if i can even afford to do brilliant star pre-release tournament but i i just feel like this is overall going to be better for pre-release tournament formats you know, we're not at future sight yet, and I, this is not my future sight. But what I actually really hope they do, I really hope that the because there was also the um, pre-release promo that comes in every kit. Now, up until this point, the promo is always a like a single prizer type Pokemon. Either it's a, the top end of an evolution chain, like the Charizard one that we got, or it is um, like the Oracorio, like sort of a bench sitting support Pokemon. Um, or Pukamuku is another example of that with the recent set. I would actually like them to put Vs. I think having Vs as pre-release promos, not only does it help the competitive scene, because if you make the Vs things that can evolve into like v, the V-Star mechanic, right? Imagine if they put, you know, if they picked four different Vs that had a V-Star in the set as different promos you can get in these boxes. And like you open the the RCS V, right? Now all of a sudden, everyone at the table has a V, so nobody's gonna pull like one usable V, and that person just wins the whole tournament. That balances it. Two, from a collector standpoint, how cool would it be to have collector Vs, like pre-release Vs? Like that's cool. I'm trying to think. Like you'd probably put the stamp, like how Japan has the 25th anniversary stamp. You'd probably just put it like as like that. Like if you look up. Pokemon Japan 25th anniversary cards and you look up the Tapu Lele, you know, the 25 in that bottom corner, they'd probably do that same concept yeah. with the pre-release. And I agree. I think that would be really cool. I think it'd probably be better. That means that almost everybody is happy per se, mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, think about it. If you get a pre-release kit, you know, yeah, you get the promo that may or may not be good. And, you know, you have the packs and maybe you whiff on all your packs and so then you're like oh man i just spent 20 to 25 dollars and i got a pre-release promo you know yeah. and so if you walk away with a v you know most people like an ultra rare especially from like a collector most people like those ultra rares and so maybe maybe yeah that would just be better for everyone i mean this may be thinking a little bit like uh, hoping for a little bit too much but you're, you're right but I, just, I mean i like that idea I, I think that would not be too much to ask because, you know, especially if you have this mechanic V-Star that you want people to show off. Like, because, you know, it's all marketing, ultimately. And then you're going to have people that open an RCSV or a, a, a Shaman V or a Leafeon V or whatever it is. And then they pull the V-Star and now all of a sudden they have, they can do the thing, right? Like the whole thing that the set is based around, they can do the thing in the pre-release and... I just think, you know, 
this is definitely like uh, predicting here, and, and we this is not news. But I that would be my recommendation to anyone at the Pokemon Company that's listening. You already are printing the cards, so it's too late. But in the future, that's my my suggestion. Yeah, for like our our spring and then mm-hmm. our summer and fall and stuff like that. Those sets, like start start thinking about that. Start talking to Papa Pikachu, yeah. Sean. But. Now, we've talked about the pre-release kits. We've Uh talked about hit rates. Let's talk about the Fusion Strike meta. So, again, like I mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned this at the top of the podcast because we had to start over. So, I don't know if it's in this one or if it was in the last one. But, first full weekend of Fusion Strike meta, Fusion Strike decks. There were a lot of tournaments, whether that was online or even at full grip games. They had the 1K tournament going on that was fusion strike meta standard and sean we got to talk about some things so do you want to talk about the online events first like the sunday open or something like that or do you want to talk about full grip first um i i leave that one up to you jake what is your preference what what excited you more I think actually the full grip one excited me more. I unfortunately was not able to go. I know I said last week that I was planning on going to it, but my buddy had some big personal stuff come up that he couldn't avoid. So unfortunately I wasn't able to go, but the full grip one K going on fusion strike standard, very, very cool. In my opinion, Sean, we look at the top eight. If you see this on YouTube, you're looking right now and you're blinded by Sean's light mode on Twitter, which I cannot believe. Hold on. He hasn't changed it to you dark. Know what, mode Jake? Yet. You know what? I'm going to change it. I, I'm I'm how do I change it? How do I? We change got him. Anyway, don't worry about it, Sean. <laughs> don't worry. About it. I'm just making fun of you. But anyways, Suicune Ludicolo won the entire event. Trevor Redding piloted a beautiful Suicune Ludicolo list with the baby Inteleon engine along with the Pukamuku. Sean, we said that card was good. Boom. There it is. Won the event. Drawn one card is always a good deal. <laughs> I mean, along you can with quick scoop up nets as well, which are really, really nice if you end up starting your Pukumuku or maybe you want to switch for like a Lotad or Sobble or something like that. And this list was honestly really, really cool to watch. It's interesting how it had actually a pretty decent matchup spread. I will admit, I did not think a lot about Suicune Ludicolo before this weekend. So I will be the first one to state that I did not, I undervalued this deck. But it performed really well. It was really smooth. There was a lot of really cool things that you could move around with it in different matchups because of Raihan, Melanie, mm-hmm. the Inteleons, the Ludicolos, even the Cheeky Pikamukus, like I mentioned. And overall, it was just a really, really cool deck to watch. Sean, did you think, uh, be honest, did you think Suicune Ludicolo was going to be all right? Um, I mean, it was already... Uh- a, a proven deck in the format prior to this so it's not like a new deck i think you know i don't know how it's changed i don't play suicune ludicolo but it seems like it would be a very similar deck to the ones that already existed barring the the pukumuku line um so i don't think it's a terrible surprise that it as it, its own deck is good but given the newness of the format you're like okay we got mu v max and mu with genesect can hit pretty big numbers and Ludicolo's not okoing um Mew VMAX necessarily, but Mew VMAX can OCO it right back. Uh, uh, actually, let me stop you right there. So Mew, Mew always has a full bench, right? Because you need all those Pokemon for Genesect to draw cards. That's a bunch of guaranteed damage. 
Then Suicune, obviously you want your bench to be full, so then you can provide even more damage. And so with oh, Ludicolo, true. so what is what is the damage power on Suicune again? Um, I would have to look it up. I can't remember its max damage if it's 210 or 220. I'm pretty sure it's like one of those two. It's in the 200s if they're if the field is entirely there. So then with Ludicolo, I'm pretty sure you can one shot Muse 20 plus. Yeah, you could if you've got this. Yeah, you're right. You could do 320 because it's for each bench. So if you have, you know, five, 10 bench Pokemon, 220 plus 100, 320. Yeah. And so then you can knock out Muse, which have, I believe, 310 HP. You can knock yeah. out Genesex without the Ludicolo because those only have 190. And then you look at all the other VMAXs in the format, like Shadow Rider, for instance. Um, I think Shadow Rider has 320, so you don't yeah. need the Inteleon pings for that. But no. e either way, like Urshifu has 330, I'm pretty sure. So therefore, like you can't hit that with just Ludicolo. So that's why you have the shooting Inteleons to be able to get that damage, you know, because that's 340 technically on just a clean hit. And I, I think this deck, I mean, this deck is really good. And the math works out a lot, I feel like, because I feel like we're in a format right now where everybody's filling up their bench. That's true, although I will say, if you know you're playing against a Suicune deck, don't fill up your bench. Don't go so Sometimes ham. it's a lot harder than it is because we play it's the support true. Pokemons like Crobat. Shadow Rider has to be able to Underworld yeah. Door like eight times in a single <laughs> turn. Urshifu yeah. needs to be able to pivot, have Octillery. Everybody's playing Sobble Engines in their decks like... I think with Mew VMAX, the, the problem and the reason maybe that this was able to take the win is Mew VMAX also went heavy Cramomatic, heavy Genesect, and not most of the decks in it that did well or that people played did not have a heavy draw supporter line in Mew VMAX. I'm going to, I'll try to find a. There wasn't a Mew in the top eight, oh, I dang. will say, of the full grip event. So I think, I think a lot of the problems that Mew had in the full grip event and why we didn't see it in the top eight is because it's just so new. Yeah. Right? Like lists get more refined, new archetypes just get more refined as time goes on. I bet if we did, I bet if full grip did another Fusion Strike 1K in like two weeks, I bet we would see a Mew box in the top eight i bet we see a mu genesect in the top eight sean yeah i mean mu vmax won the sunday open for yeah like, i mean that's a, yeah like jack from omnipoke ended up winning with yeah. the mu genesect so i i think it's just listening to get refined i think also metas matter so like if you mm -hmm. see a lot of single strike or maybe if you scroll down to fifth place john mastaway's crobat wheezing a shenanigan deck which was awesome i've played that on stream a little bit and it's it's such a sweet fun deck there's a couple dark type decks that are running around right now that can bonk your mu v maxes yeah so i think mu just it was not maybe a great meta call for this event but also i don't think lists are really refined for it yet so maybe it was just like doomed from the start almost per se sean yeah, I think the cost of it, too. You think about this was literally the pre-release weekend. So, like, who is getting their hands on four Mew, Mew VMAX? Well, like, for the full grip event, at least, you could play with, like, Japanese cards. Oh, because true. they that's have true. they have at full grip games, for anyone who's never been there, they have a good selection of, like, Japanese cards as well as, like, singles that you could buy. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't think you could have proxied 
Um, but if you got like Japanese cards or like Korean cards, I guess even, I mean, I, I think they allowed foreign cards. Like, cause I remember on stream, one of the guys was looking at his phone for translations of rapid strike and Teleon. And mm. I was super confused at first why he had his phone out in the yeah. middle of a match. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Okay. So yeah, I think you're right though, that it's just as the format develops and, um, one other card I'll call out that wasn't in any of these events, but I think came out today maybe in North America as well, was Hoopa V. And mm. Hoopa V is another card like that will that that has the potential to make or break dark against a Mu V Max meta. Just because it hits for darkness and psychic type. And that's that's crazy. Is it it's not a fusion strike or a single strike card. Is it um, a fusion strike card or is it I don't think single or rapid? I don't know if it has a battle style. I can't remember, but I know that I, I don't think it does because the the gimmick that they gave it was that it's dual type. Oh, okay. I got you. I got yeah. you. See, yeah, I just, I don't think Hoopa's that good then. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's a dual type Pokemon. So it's as a, like, you know, think about the reason people play Galarian Moltres and other cards like that. You throw one of them into whatever deck you run and so long as you have the energy and it, it powers those decks up. And so that would be a darkness type deck most likely. Um, mm. So it's interesting it could be good maybe that helps eternatus come back i don't know probably but like a darkness type pokemon that can hit psychic damage that can hit for psychic weakness like that's pretty broken against urshifu i think eternatus is better and <laughs> that's saying something um because eternatus is a pile of cards <laughs> But anyways, one deck that I will also admit I didn't really see coming. I've seen it creep. I will admit I've seen it creep up in the last couple weeks as a deck that's getting better and better in terms of standings and different tournaments and things like that. But I didn't expect it to almost go all the way to the tip top. Shadow Rider Calyrex. I think this is a deck that very secretly has creeped up and quietly moved up. I don't think a lot of people thought about this deck because again like you mentioned there's a couple dark things running around that could really bonk this but it was pretty good i mean this is a pretty straightforward kind of turbo list with two galarian articunos and some cresselias as well you love seeing like on ptcgo two line decks this is that right yeah. there. Playing the 4-4 Shadow Rider Calyrex. Playing a Crobat as well for some consistency. Pump Kaboo to get rid of your path to the peaks. You got two Articunos, two Cresselias, and a bunch of energies. 15 energies with training courts as well, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, super straightforward. I mean, I think what this goes to show is as long as the rest of the meta is not super dark type heavy, like... You know, it's this will be such a meta call because we're in a rock, paper, scissors world in many ways. If Mew VMAX is not seeing success for whatever reason or not seeing play, then dark type Pokemon will not be played as much to counter it, which opens it up for something like, you know, Calyrex, which is just an inherently strong deck just conceptually. And if it's not getting punished for weakness, then, yeah, it can like pop off, do 300 plus damage by turn three. Um, and there's very few decks in the format that have nearly as much draw power as it. So like you're just winning the card advantage game. So, and then also like, even though this list didn't have it, like there's different ways to build it. You could put an Alcremi one, one line yep. in here or like a two, two line in here and boom, that's a Alcremi is a huge 
bonkers type late game Pokemon, in my opinion, being able to hit 60 times, is it? Uh, for energy yes i believe so 60 times yeah i think it's like 60 times any energy on the field and then you just throw it right back in the deck and again with a whole bunch of energies already in the deck and you've got fog crystals training courts you get four research four marnies a lot of chances to find energies as well and underworld door just being an incredible draw power engine mm -hmm. you got i mean it's it's a good deck i did definitely undervalue it i will admit uh, yeah, especially in the new format, because, you know, everybody's like, oh, the new the new hotness on the psychic world is Mew VMAX. That's what everybody's going to be playing. And so uh, the only the the next deck I want to talk about, actually, we'll get to the um, wheezing one, because that is very interesting. But before mm -hmm. we get there, actually, I'm going to skip over third and go to fourth place, which is the Rapid Strike Inteleon VMAX. So uh, we mentioned here on the stream, Rapid Strike Inteleon VMAX, good. Sean called the Cheryl said cheryl play this card with cheryl boom this list right here it's got four of them so sean pat yourself on the back for that one this is a, is a good future site call i think it was obvious but you yeah. still called it that's what matters but one thing i don't think either of us called or thought of was rapid strike basculin sean there's a one mm. of rapid strike basculin do you know what it does per se yeah it does 30 plus and the plus is the uh amount of damage counters on your opponent's active pokemon uh this list was played on stream a couple times i watched i think i watched two different rounds where this was going on and benjamin was piloting this deck there was a couple times that they used Basculin for Swarm the Wound of that extra damage. Because, I mean, you think about it, Inteleon, like we've mentioned, doesn't hit for a lot of damage. It does 140 max. Mm -hmm. You know, your Rapid Strike energy is always going back in your hand. It opens it up for Cheryl. That's kind of the gimmick of it. So then you last longer than your opponent, essentially. And with the pings of Quick Shooting and um, Inteleon's ability, which is interesting because this list that we're looking at plays four paths to the peak. Mm -hmm. I which mean, which is an interesting thing shuts off your own abilities. I mean, you're not playing water energies in this list. So it like makes sense that you'd play peak. Yeah, I guess not you can use your ability anyways. Yeah. I guess in this list, it's very straightforward of like, I, I'm mostly focused on knocking out three prize Pokemon. Like that's what this list tells me it's trying to do because yes, you do have the quick shooting Inteleons, but really it's about building up the damage on those three prizers rather than what, you know, other Inteleon lists or, or other lists with these abilities usually do, which is like Dragapult, which is like, I'm going to spread a lot of damage and take bonus prizes when I can. And with the Basculin, it's a great one prize option. You've already whacked something with the Inteleon VMAX. You know, you're able to move it with a switch card or something like that. Escape Rope, if you decide to play that in this list. And there you go. You got your Basculin as your finisher to just go ahead and absolutely whack them. And it's a yeah. great, great option. It's very favorable for your prize trade, right? It helps out a ton. And if you maybe don't have a Cheryl, it's a way to get that out of the active, that it Rapid Strike Inteleon VMAX out of the active and another attacker in to force your opponent to say, okay, I need boss or something like that on this turn, which sometimes decks can't afford to boss if you knock out a VMAX because they got to set up their other VMAX. So they got a Marnie or research or something like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously Benjamin did very well with this. It, it is interesting to me, like the, 
going so heavy on rapid strike and almost only four rapid strike energy, there's no way to recover it if they somehow go away, right? Now, well, here's the thing. Like, the idea of this is it's never going away, right? Because when you're using Rapid Strike Inteleon, you want to get the most damage out as possible, so you're always adding that extra 70 to put it back in your hand. And so, like, we don't have Mars or anything in this format, so Mm -hmm. the worst-case scenario is it gets Marnied to the bottom of your deck, which you have Octillery to just get it right back if you don't draw into it off the Marnie. So, like it's weird i agree like when you first look at this and when you first hear this idea you're like what this seems weird like again it's all in on this rapid strike energy but it makes sense like it it flows well yeah i i I just i get worried man when you when you have these types of things like say my my anxiety at having only four energy and they're all special energy like if for whatever reason your octillery is prized and you can't get it back. Or a couple of these Rapid Strike Energy are prized. And it's just like you're in this awkward... And you don't have any way to recover your Octillery. So if it gets killed... like I think this deck is... I like the concept in general. I do think that this version is a potentially very fragile version. Um, that's just my opinion. Because, yeah, you... you you're basically, and the fact that they're the only draw is Marnie, and um, and obviously you have like all the engine. There's four of, research up there. Oh, they're four. It's at oh, the very beginning of the trainers. Okay. That was like I was like looking down here with all the. Other, oh, never mind. Never mind. For anyone who doesn't see on YouTube in this deck list profile picture, like all the trainer, all the supporters are on like the bottom row, and then the top row is like research, and then all the items in stadiums. It's <laughs> it's very weird that research is in a different spot than everywhere else. But anyways, anyway, I okay, that makes me a little bit feel a little bit better about this. But yeah, but prizing is a thing in the Pokemon TCG, and it's a thing you got to worry about, and prizing a couple of rapid strike energy or your artillery like and all of a sudden you are very vulnerable to things like marnie and it's just like ah i don't like this this is bad so that's my only but i think that's also why cheryl helps because there's that like not a lot of things can easily just one hit ko of emax that's so like if you're not drawing into a rapid strike energy maybe you're drawing into a cheryl you know, there is the Inteleon line, the baby Inteleon line, shady dealings that we see in almost every single deck in this format, it seems like, to very easily be able to get Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Like, you can go get the cards that you need outside of the Rapid Strike Energy, so other than Octillery. So, yeah, I mean, I think if, if there's any deck that I would, l- I like, I want to try to build and won't be as expensive for, like, the new cards, you know... If you already have the engine, like the Drizzile Inteleon engine, which is not cheap, but if you already had that engine and you're looking for a new partner, the new Inteleon line, like if you wait a couple of weeks, I bet you this one will be one of the most affordable um, sort of top-ish tier decks. I will say Inteleon VMAX, Fusion Strike right now, if you want it, the Rapid Strike, $15 market value on tcg player but again it was just opening weekend you know sean said wait a couple weeks it'll go down a little bit i don't know if it'll go down lower than ten dollars though in my opinion probably not just because you know even things like like vmaxes in general just kind of stay at that like if they're playable at all they stay at between like seven to twelve dollar range usually 
But you could get a Dragapult for like three, four dollars. I mean, the shiny Dragapults. Oh my gosh, that's that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of fun. But Sean, what what's the next deck you want to go down to? I mean, obviously, we got to talk. You mentioned it. We got to talk about the Weezing deck. Do you want to walk us through how this deck works, Jake? So if you all are followers of the Pokemon community on like Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you probably know that Josh Sutherland plays a lot of Weezing right now. Weezing, Sableye, Control type deal. He calls it the Dimmodome deck. Which for anyone who doesn't know that reference, Doug Dimmodome, Fairly Odd Parents, watch it. And probably old if there's people not understanding what that reference is. Anyways, the idea with this is because, like we mentioned, there's so many abilities with like shady dealings or shadow rider or anything like that. You shut off those abilities with wheezing. You're playing a 4-3 wheezing line of the Galarian wheezing that just completely shuts off abilities. And then you're using severe poison to put four damage counters between every single turn on your opponent's Pokemon. We're in a big VMAX format, things like that. So four damage counters is pretty nice. Then there's a lot of different other options that help you out with this deck. Not only can you potentially use Sableye, which is the partner that we pretty much all know at this point when we talk about Galarian Weezing, able to hit those big numbers if you get multiple turns of poison being active on a VMAX, I believe Sableye is 60 times. It's like 10 plus 60. So therefore, four damage counters would do 250 damage. So if you get two turns of poison, that's Pog. That's awesome. That just knocks out literally anything in the format right now. You have the Galarian Moltres to accelerate energy. You know, from the discard, you play a lot of basic energies in this list to be able to one hit KO Shadow Riders, Muse, different things like that. And also, as Sean was pulling up, if you saw on YouTube, Crobat VMAX. This plays a 2-1 line of Crobat and Crobat VMAX. Crobat is a good draw card, right? It's played in a lot of decks. It works well in this deck, not only because Crobat's just a good card, but also because you're playing peers. You can very easy, you have more outs to be able to search out that Crobat V. But the VMAX is very, very cool. We mentioned poison with wheezing. Sometimes it's not only a little bit harder to get the wheezings out, but it can be tough. Maybe you don't have enough damage or you can't power up the Moltres fast enough to be able to hit and set up like a Sableye or maybe like KO the VMAX on that turn. And you don't want to do more like severe poison type thing. One thing that you can do is Crobat VMAX For two energies, a dark and a colorless 70 damage stealth poison. Your opponent's Pokemon is now poison. Switch this Pokemon, so the Crobat VMAX, with one of your bench Pokemon. This is a really cool pivot. If maybe you've got a VMAX, your opponent's got a VMAX in the active, you go stealth poison, switch into a Galarian Weezing, and continue shutting off their abilities, especially because you play hiding energies in this list to give like your Galarian Weezing's free retreat. You also play switch cards in here to be able to get that Weezing out of the active if you don't want to commit an energy to it per se. So there's a couple like cool options to move around. And that doesn't even start talking about the Galarian Zapdos V that is in this list. Spicy Galarian Zapdos V and one single fighting energy that you have. I mean, 
I mean, we could just constantly talk about how there are so many V's, VMAXs, things like that, especially when you talk about something like Mew or like Shadow Rider, Calyrex VMAX or some. I mean, those are two psychic Pokemon, so those are bad examples. But again, yeah. filling up the entire field with V or VMAXs or different things like that, Zapdos can be a really cheap one energy bop for how what is, what damage is it? 180? Um, yeah, I think it's 170. Because it doubles to be three forty. Like, yeah, still like good setup damage for your Moltres to clean up or a Sableye to clean up on a Vmax Pokemon. So this list is super cool in my opinion. I very much enjoyed this list. I was playing it earlier today because ladder resets, and I only have like fifty more points to go. So right <laughs> after this pot, I'm going back onto PTCGO to complete the ladder. Anyways, this is a cool deck. This is very fun. I think this deck is pretty cheap. Also, if you want a cheap build. Definitely go with this one because it's very, very cool. Slows the game down. A lot of people don't know how to play against it anyways because a lot of people just base everything off of abilities. Yeah. So you can get some really easy wins with this list, in my personal opinion. Jake, in terms of, I do want to cover, I think there's two more decks probably, actually. I want to cover Togekiss because there's been a lot of love. I know you have some love for Togekiss. And let's look at a Mew VMAX list. Now, obviously... Mew VMAX did not do particularly well at the Full Grip Games event for whatever reasons, but uh, Omnipoke, uh, Omnipoke Joe in particular, did get first oh, with it. that's Jack. Jack, oh, sorry, Jack. Jack got first with it at the Sunday Open. Um, so I'm pulling that list up now, uh, and we could, just, we could just chat about this briefly, Jake. So this is a list that a lot of people have been looking at, per se. I know that before the Sunday Open, a lot of people may look at this list and be like, Stormy Mountain? Like, what? You may look at that card and be like, why do you have Stormy Mountain in there? Because when we think of Stormy Mountain, we think of Rayquaza VMAX, mm -hmm. right? With the Flaffies and things like that. I know Joe and Jack were testing this because this is a really easy out to Latias. Able to get that Latias out very, very quickly, being able to not only have another Pokemon on the field for Genesec to draw more cards or being able to copy that attack and basically stall out all those VMAXs that you're going to face because hmm. Stormy Mountain, for anyone that doesn't know, is a stadium that allows you to search your deck for a basic lightning or dragon Pokemon and put it onto your bench. Basically like Brooklet Hill for anyone who has played in older formats, except for lightning and dragon Pokemon. And Latias is a fusion strike dragon Pokemon. This plays heavy peony like a lot of other lists that we're seeing because you have Genesect to draw a whole bunch. So grab being able to grab VIP ticket on your first turn, you know, just really any trainer card that you may need for that turn or mm -hmm. a potential future turn as well this plays also the four cross switcher i think four cross switcher works well with peony for anyone who doesn't know it's basically like custom catchers but yeah. with only one effect which is the gust you know and with peony you can also grab the power tablets because you play four of, of those in there and things like that and so going less on the vip taxes more on these other combo cards that you see here with cross switcher and power tablet and also a couple cramomatics sean i love me some cramomatic it's yep. a really really cool card in my opinion also cramomatic flows well with vip ticket from what i've seen mm -hmm. because you know vip ticket it's only really good for your first turn of the game other than that it's a literal dead card yep so with the Cramomatic, that's really easy fodder for that because with Cramomatic, you have to discard an item card from your hand to be able to utilize it. Or I, 
Yeah, it's discard another item card. Yep. And so that works well with VIP ticket. Quick ball, you got to discard a card. VIP ticket, easy choice. Yeah. In there. So very, very cool. I think this is kind of a more consistent list, I would say. Yes, because... Of maybe Mew, VMAX, Genesect. Yeah, I mean, what, what they were saying, what Joe and others were saying, was a lot of people are spending maybe too much time uh, or, or energy focusing on versions of Mew, VMAX that don't play any draw supporters, like Marnies. Uh, there's two Marnies in the list, but there's also the Peonies to grab you cards. Um, and they were relying too much on Cramomatics. Some of them had four battle passes, like the, the battle pa- VIP pass, so... Far more consistent list. Um, I do like the inclusion of things like Old Cemetery in here, um, which will, I believe, was that, ping, is that that doesn't ping damage counters. Whenever a player attaches an energy card from their hand to one of their non-psychic, put two damage counters. So you're putting your uh, energy onto a Mu VMAX, so you're not pinging yourself, uh, except for like maybe if you want to, you don't even have to attack with Latios. Yeah, I just really, really good um, synergy here with this deck. I would say that this, the one thing this deck is, that which is nice, this deck can be complicated because it does play a wide variety of cards. So knowing what to get on what turn, um, it's less complicated than like a Dragapult in terms of damage manipulation, but more complicated, I think, in terms of piloting. Um, you can't, you're not just going to always go burr. Sometimes you got to like make decisions. I mean, Jack and Joe from Omnipoke have been testing Fusion Strike for months almost they were i feel like some of the first people to start testing fusion strike so shout outs to them very very awesome to see the fruits of their labor pay off this early Mm. in like literal release weekend and so i feel like with their testing this is something that has that does very well with hitting the numbers hitting the consistency and things like that that you really need in this format because you have to be consistent yeah. I mean, this deck is high flying. This deck hits really, really hard. You know, it's no surprise, but you have to be consistent in this meta because if you're a turn off, you miss a turn. It's the game is pretty much over a lot of the times, I feel like. And the one thing I will say preemptively for those of you players who did not play in the no gust era or the low gust era, I should say, you know, maybe maybe hold on to a few cross switchers, maybe get more than a playset because Boss's order still has the deregulation mark, any any version. And it would not surprise me if Pokemon were like, you know what? That was a weird era when everyone was playing uh what was it called again? Custom catcher. And that's just what Cross Switcher is. So maybe grab some extra ones while they're cheap now if you want some uh, wisdom from the ages. <laughs> I think, I mean, Custom Catcher was inherently a better card because it had that secondary effect to where if you just play one, you draw until you have three cards in your hand. But I do agree with you because as soon as uh, Guzma, it was from Burning Shadows, rotated, Custom Catchers went from like a 15 cent card to a like six dollar card. Yeah, it was insane. If you didn't have your playset of Custom Catchers before 2019 World's Rotation, (laughs) You paid the price for it. It was tough. Yeah. But I, I, I do agree. Get some get some cross switchers. They're probably not expensive. You could probably get them real, 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 real cheap. I bet they'll even come. I if I had to take a guess, I bet they come in like the Brilliant Star theme decks. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because it's not it's like you give people the option of gust in theme decks and pre-release too. You give people the option of gust without having to give them like an auto gust. You still need to have two in your hand, so Oh, who knows? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it'll probably it'll probably be like three. You probably won't get a full playset no. in your think, uh, but you probably get like three of them, which is still pretty good in my honest opinion. So, yeah, Mew VMAX. I mean, again, shout outs to Jack and Joe from Omnipoke. Go sub to them on YouTube. They make great content, very informative um, and, and good people. Shout yeah. out to Joe for following us back on Twitter. I saw that <laughs> of the Metapod. Uh, and then this last deck I want to cover off on uh, is Togekiss. Um, I know you have been a Togekiss stand, especially an expanded, Jake. But uh, this deck here, Togekiss, if you don't know, the VMAX, which is the one that matters most, it has a very low power attack, but a high, um, like, like power efficient. attack. Yeah, very efficient. For two colorless energy, which is always nice. You're only doing 120, but as we've seen before, Inteleon VMAX, the new one, only does 140. And you may search your deck for two cards and put them into your hand. Nothing no, nothing bars you from getting whatever card you want. Just two cards, put it into your hand. This is a, this is kind of like a control player's dream uh, to a degree. And you're pairing that with things like shady dealing so you can get items out, quick shooting so you can place damage counters to fix the math. And then other than that, you're just... You're kind of rocking with a bunch of one-ofs and two-ofs in the deck. You got Cheryl, but you have Palpad to recycle the Cheryls. Um, you can go get powerful energies, which will make that damage just a little bit higher. So this took second. Jake, what do you think about this deck? I was playing this deck this morning on stream. I need a little bit of practice with it because I think, again, like you were saying, you know, there's more one-ofs in this deck and things like that. There's a more decisions that you have to make especially when you're choosing any two cards from your deck to draw you have to map out really really well your turns and your future turns as well but i like the options as well of galarian moltres v so having those dark energies in the deck because you're playing five dark energies two capture energies two powerful energies which by the way powerful energies work on moltres it's any pokemon any Pokemon gets extra damage. So with powerful energy on Moltres, even you could do 210 damage, which, by the way, knocks out a lot of V Pokemon. But especially with, you know, discarding energies and being able to get those energies back via your ability, Dire Flame Wings, I think it's called, on Galarian Moltres V. Mm -hmm. You have not only a secondary attacking option in a format where Shadow Rider, Calyrex and Mew VMAX are weak to dark, you hit a Jolteon. All right, let's go Galarian Moltres. Maybe that can help you out. Because yeah. I think Galarian Moltres one-shots the V. I can't remember how much HP Jolteon. 190. Uh, 190. So yeah, that that right away just knocks it out. Boom, you can trade pretty all right if you get something like a boss or whatever. You have quick shootings as well to help stack that extra damage for things that may have like 210 or whatever. Or even with your Togekiss, you know, you said powerful energy. Let's say you have one powerful energy, you're doing 140. You're still not two-shotting VMAX, but you got quick shooting in there. Now you can two-shot a lot of VMAXs by doing at least 160 per turn with just one powerful energy and one quick shooting. So very, very cool list. Um, I don't think a lot of people were ready for this deck, which is why I think it did pretty well in the uh, in the Sunday Open. Mm -hmm. um, definitely uh, hurts Jolteon. Like if you face a Jolteon, like that's that's tough. Yeah, I don't know how you win that game. But to be honest, but I mean the thing holding Togekiss back for a long time was Pikaram was just so good. You're weak to lightning, so you're just like screw it. But I will say, if you're worried about Jolteon, um, there is a basic Dunsparce 
that means that you're, is it, it, I think it's your colorless Pokemon don't have any weakness, right? Um, I can't remember. Let me look it up real quick. But I know when I was streaming today and playing this list, someone did mention uh, Dunsparce and said, why did you not have any Dunsparce in this list? And my keyboard, can my keyboard work? There we go. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a new Dunsparce that may, that makes your colorless not have any um, weakness. Now, it's only for colorless Pokemon, which Togekiss is. So um, so that might be like a one-of. I mean, we're talking about putting one-ofs in a deck. It's a basic Pokemon. It would be searchable with level ball. Yeah, throw one Dunsparce in there. You're good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a, uh, a uncommon from Fusion Strike. Yep, Mysterious Net is the ability. Colorless Pokemon in play have no weakness. So... I think personally, you should try to put that in this list because I think Jolteon is a good deck. Yes. I, I mean, I know single strike Urshifu is running around and rapid strike Urshifu is running around. So I get it. Less, less though. I know. I actually think more, to be yeah. honest. Like, I, I kind of expect single strike at least to have more of a yeah, meta share true. in this format because you run the Umbreons. That's true. That's true. But, you know, it's only you're right that it's something to worry about. But I still think to your point, Jolteon's a good deck. Nobody wants to have a deck that feels like an auto loss. And guess what? Most decks in the format, because it's very rock, paper, scissors, have auto losses. But Togekiss has the benefit of a Pokemon that means that you don't auto lose. And that's great. And honestly, like looking at this list, like you're playing two crushing hammers in this list. Like, I think people could argue that crushing hammer is maybe the most cuttable thing in this Togekiss list. Yeah. So you can put like, you can take out the crushing hammers, put an extra fan of waves in there. I think fan of waves is a really good card right now. You can put an extra scoop up net in there. Maybe another energy switch another stadium because you're only playing one rose tower and maybe you want two rose tower to try to mm. deflect path to the peak a little bit more or whatever you know you could you could probably fit this down sparse in the list it just would feel really bad to start i think yeah but i mean point being you have options with this deck so uh i, I just wanted to briefly chat about this one because i think between this and the galarian wheezing there were the big surprises of the weekend Oh, yeah, like Togekiss is easily it's easily the biggest surprise of the weekend, I think. <laughs> but again, I mean, it's like the only deck probably that was in that was actually Togekiss. Um, I would assume looking at the meta. Oh, there were two Togekiss and Teleons in the Sunday Open. So still a low count, not one, but two. But I don't I don't think it's going to be something that takes like 10 percent of the meta share, Sean. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um but Jake, I think uh, that was a nice little like sort of recap of the first weekend where there was any fusion strike. We'll have a lot more in the coming weeks, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if Mew VMAX can make itself more of a presence, I guess. Go and Gengar VMAX, if that is a thing that people want. We got to do. Uh, we got to do future site now, Sean. Oh, that's right. Um, well, we we were over two last week. A big over. So. I I'm going to be honest, I don't even remember what I said last week. I, don't, I think I said that they would announce um, what uh, it was some announcement. Po I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. We were over two. That's what I remember. Mm -hmm. um, what's your future site? I want to put you on the spot this time. I think my future site is Gengar wins a tournament. 
I think oh, Gengar is going to okay. win it. And I'm going to have a clause of over 50 people. Okay. I over like 50 people entry in an online tournament. I think Gengar is going to win one. I know Gengar, very underwhelming throughout this weekend, didn't do well at all. People weren't really playing it. I mean, you saw maybe if you looked at the full grip top eight results, Grant Manley was playing a single strike list, didn't include Gengar, just a normal what we've seen the last couple months single strike list. I think more people are going to start playing around the idea with Gengar and trying different options. Like I know you could do it in the single strike deck, like with the Urshifu and Umbreon's or like Azul was playing on stream on day one, playing with the baby and Telly online shady dealings because yeah. just put shady dealings with anything. And it's an all right deck. You know, you can win some ladder games with it. So I think people are going to keep playing more around and I think we'll start seeing Gengar go up and up. Okay. I like that. Um, I I don't know what my future site is. I'm kind of running out. I don't think there's much news from the Pokemon company, but um, if I'm thinking about what Japan might do, uh, I think we haven't seen Shaman V-Star yet, right? I don't think so. You mentioned it earlier, and I was like, did I miss that? I, like, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the pack arts for Brilliant Star is Shaman. Mm -hmm. So... I I think the time is right for a Shaman V-Star reveal. Um, and I really, I have no idea. I can't, I don't know what the original Shaman um, from the original Diamond and Pearl sets were, like what it did. But I hope that, I think that Shaman could be the card that uh, brings grass type Pokemon back to maybe a forefront. Because if you think about, you know, fire, fire is not super hot right now. Boomch. Um so I think, you know, there's Leafeon VMAX, but with Mew VMAX having no retreat, that kind of puts Leafeon in an awkward spot in the format if it gets played more. Um, so I do think there will be another option in the grass Pokemon world come Brilliant Stars with Shaman. So I think that's what we'll get the announcement of. For anyone who doesn't know, Shaman Level X, 110 HP grass Pokemon from... What set is this from? I mean, it doesn't really matter. But anyways, the Pokebody ability thing, I guess it's not actually an ability. It's it's specifically a Pokebody. Yeah. So don't say ability with it, I think is the technical term. I didn't play during this era. If any of your grass Pokemon were knocked out by damage from an opponent's attack during his or her turn... Each of Shaman's attack does 60 more damage to the active Pokemon. I I like I, I like that. Now, I would say that's a pretty poopy V star. Uh, if you if you get to use one a game and it's just a 60 HP buff once. Well, like no, it would be an ability. So it would just, it would. Oh, well, well that's the thing. it's only you can only use it yeah, once. It's a only game. that one time. So I, what if you bump it to like 120 yeah, or like, 180? I think I think bumping any of you. And I think if it said it was either this or any Pokemon attack by X amount, like maybe then it's like a really cool partner Pokemon for like decks that need to stretch on a one turn win. So. Mm -hmm. I think I think we might see that get announced, but I like your game. If you if it is like any Pokemon, is it a type specific or is it literally any Pokemon? I like it for grass. Actually, grass doesn't have a lot of heavy hitters um, like Leafeon is just it's also dependent on retreat cost. So I would actually really like it as like any of your grass Pokemon. So because that would like, you know, make it a family like say play grass Pokemon. Come on, guys, do it. I just think of Delmize V hitting I for mean, 340. Dude, like and that that's the kind of thing that, that they need. And then you have a two prize deck. You have Shaman V star Delmize V. It's a two prizer deck. It's the sweet. It's the Ludicolo Suicune of its of its. Well, type I mean, you'd have to get to the VMAX to hit the 240 or anyways. But 
Sure, but like still, I think of Delmai's VMAX, a card that a oh, lot of people yes. liked and a lot of people mess around with, but it's not that good. Yeah. And so I think I think as yeah, like that would boost up grass a lot. And there's a lot of different decks that could do it, like Leafeon or Delmai's VMAX. Okay. I'm stuck on Delmai's VMAX if you yeah, haven't clearly. been able to tell. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for the Metapod. Thank you so much for listening to the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I redeemed myself on the outro, so uh, I mean, I, I'll give myself a win for the day. But anyways, make sure to leave a nice review if you liked us on Apple Podcasts or whatever. Follow us on Metapod TCG on Twitter and have a great rest of the day. 